All right, go take a seat. Good to see you. It's not so warm today. What happened? It's California springtime. You just don't know what you're going to get. We were, actually, we thought there might be a chance of rain, uh, but it is raining something else today, like tree stuff. Uh, anyway, we're, gonna, we're here, and we're going we're gonna to take what God has for us this morning. Towns in Israel, uh, going back to the first century, people used to walk this road. And, uh, you know, mostly just people, once in a while, a donkey, a donkey with a cart, or occasionally a horse. And there's this guy who walked this road regularly. And one day, it's early in the morning, uh, he's walking the road, just getting to work, and he sees this glimmer out of his eye to the side in this empty field that's been there for a long time. The, the owners have been trying to sell it for a long time. It, you know, he walks by it every day, but he saw this little glimmer, and he, he thought, oh, I wonder what that is. And he was just thinking about this, and he kept walking because he was in a hurry. He had to be somewhere. And then there's a, another guy who walked that road, and um, about five minutes later walks by. He catches the same glimmer in his eye, and he's, he's one, what the, you know. And, but he stops. He's in a hurry, but he decides he's going to go over, and he, he walks about 20 paces into this field to see what this shiny thing's coming from. And he looks down, and it's a corner of a box. And um, the box is in the ground. It's just a little corner showing. And so, you know, he, he looks around, and he, he pushes the soil off the top of this box. And it's, it's a nice-sized box. And he digs around it, and he opens it up. And it is filled with a crazy amount of shiny treasure. It's like, you know, every kid's dream. Uh, come true. And he's, he's like dumbfounded, but then his, his heart is like, do, do, do. And he, he, he's like, oh, man. He looks around. Nobody's around. He closes it. He covers it up again. Um, he hears some voices coming down the road. So he's, he, he kind of rushes out of the field. And he's standing there. He's covered with dirt. And, and this group of people, they walk by. And he just smiles at him. And and he's, what do I do? And so he rushes home. Instead of going to work, he rushes home, tells his wife what he found. He's so excited. And he's telling, we got to sell everything this morning, and we're going to go buy that plot of ground, that field. I found a treasure. And she's like, whoa, that's scary and risky. What are you talking about? And, uh, but she sees this joy in him. He's filled with joy. She hasn't seen him like that in a long time. So she goes with him and they buy that field. Matthew 13, 34, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign of God, the presence of God, the, the, the blessing that he is, is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. Why? Why did he sell everything he had to buy that field? Because he had found something greater, something more valuable than anything else he had. He had found treasure. In this case, Jesus is talking about the treasure of his kingdom. Uh, you, brothers and sisters, you have found the treasure. And maybe you don't know it yet. Maybe you just see a glimmer. That's why you're here. You're curious. Most of us here have found the treasure. God is the treasure. Jesus, the king of the kingdom, is the treasure. 
The challenge for us is that so many things get in the way. So in this message series that we're in, it's called More of You, Lord. I feel like God wants us to push aside some of those things that get in the way of us taking full hold of his treasure, his blessings, his life, his spirit, his joy, his, what he has for you, his wisdom, his guidance, his presence. That's what he's inviting us into. Now, if you want more, like, yeah, you know, I, I would like more. Or maybe you're just curious, then, yeah, this message series is for you. We're going to continue in it. Last Sunday, we started it, and um, we jumped in at, at Acts chapter 1. So the message series is based on Acts. So let's go there again. Let's get our bearings. Let's kind of see where we are in the story of God. We came out of John, the Gospel of John, which looked at the Word of God becoming flesh, making His dwelling among us, teaching and preaching about the kingdom of God. Uh, and then we pick it up in Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Listen to this. It's in your bulletin. It's up here. After his suffering, after Jesus' death on the cross for us, he presented himself to them, to his disciples, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. That's the subject, that's the treasure, that's the focal point. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John the baptizer baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit, God's powerful personal presence. He gives them those directions. He ascends back to the Father. He returns to heaven, this position of authority and power where he is now. So he descends. He leaves them. What do the disciples do? Do you remember? They go back to their old lives. Eh, that was interesting. That was fun. No, they go to Jerusalem. Remember that? They go to Jerusalem. They obey Jesus' words. They trust him. And they wait for this gift. All right. Let's see what happens here. And they don't know exactly what this means. They don't know exactly what this is going to look like. Um, and about 120 of them gathered together, staying in Jerusalem, praying, waiting. And a few days later, this festival of Pentecost began. And it's a, it's a time when a bunch of Jews all over the surrounding nations, they come back to Jerusalem. The city's packed again. And uh, then it happened. Then it happened. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they, these disciples, were all together in one place, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, God's presence, and began to speak in other tongues, languages, as the Spirit enabled them. All right, remember this? We covered this last week. Now, people staying in Jerusalem, they heard these wonders of God these phrases, these messages being spoken out in languages that they understood because they're from different regions, uh, Latin speaking different languages, not speaking in the Greco-Greek uh, language or the Aramaic Hebrew language that everybody knew at that time, but these different languages. So they gather together. They're asking, what is going on here? What is going on? And then we're going to spend a little bit more time on this. Peter started off with an explanation about what is going on. It starts with Acts 
um, with this prophecy from Joel. We're in Acts chapter 2 now, verse 16. Peter said, this, this that you're hearing, this that the Spirit is doing, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. All right? In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams like God-given dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Now that prophecy that is just being quoted by Peter had been given to Joel 800 years earlier before Peter is saying that. So Joel is one of these prophets that God used to speak some revelation about what's going to happen, what's going to come. All right? And a lot of these prophets were given messages about a messianic age, the time when the kingdom of God would draw near to earth, break in. And part of that time, they would call it the latter days, these last days. All right, so that's what's happening. Now let's zoom out for a second and just see where we are in the whole context of God's plan, his revelation. God has revealed to us what has happened, what is happening, and what will come. He has given us a roadmap. He wants us to understand, he wants you to know where you came from, what's the problem with the world, and what's, what he's doing in the world. So we have this six-part story, this plan that God has given us. Now, it starts Genesis 1, so it, it's revealed from Genesis to Revelation, and in Genesis 1, we're told about creation. We're given the origin story. There are many origin stories, and God's like, this is the origin story. This is where you come from. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. There's a God, immortal, eternally visible, who made everything. He's the source of all things ultimately so he creates and everything was good very good and then the people who are reading this for the first time they're like yeah but things are not good now right what's the problem with the world and God's revealed that he's given us the answer to that question as well Humanity created in God's image and likeness with the ability to choose, the freedom to do that, the freedom to trust and obey him or reject him. We chose to reject his word. We didn't trust him. We ignored him. We tried to seize more than God had already given us and do things our own way. And that brought everything crashing down. It was cataclysmic. It created a breach between us and God. Sin separated us from God. Sin is that desire and activity of disobeying God. The result is shame, pain, toil, death. It's the core problem with the world. It's sin. It's human disobedience to God. All right, we have this big problem going on. And that's chapter 3. All right, so God reveals that to us. Here's the problem. And then we realize, we learn not much history passes. We're like, we're, we're not able to fix this on our own. So God initiates a plan with a guy named Abraham. This is in Genesis chapter 12. This is stage three in God's plan. God speaks kingdom promises. He promises a time when he will renew his blessings in the world, where he will make all things new. And he speaks these promises through 
Abraham, Moses, and guys like Joel and Isaiah and Jeremiah. All right, they, God gives them pictures of what he's going to do in these later days, in the last days, when the Messiah comes, when the king comes. All right, now for this transition from stage three to stage four, let me read to you a passage from Hebrews. This is a great passage for you to know, to hold on to, and to remember. All right, this is a transition phrase. So this guy who's writing Hebrews is in the church age, number five, and he's looking back, okay? In the past, God spoke to our ancestors. The author of this, this letter, Hebrews, is Jewish. So spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. He's talking about number three, these kingdom promises, all right? But, and here's a shift, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. You see that switch? Switch in focal point. By his son, whom he appointed heir, inheritor of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. The son, we're talking about Jesus here, right? Jesus' first coming, number four in this stage, uh, the four stages, the six stages. The Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things, even right now, as we speak, by his powerful word. After he made purification for sins on the cross, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, where he is right now. That takes us to the church age. We are in the last days. That's a phrase given through the prophets. That's where we are in God's plan. All right. It's a time when God's spirit, going back to that Joel prophecy, where God's spirit has been poured out. It's the age of the Holy Spirit. It's the church age, God going out, his kingdom going out, people coming into his kingdom. Now, some questions about the last days. In these last days, in this church age, going back to our message series title, are we experiencing more of God or less of God than the disciples in that stage four? when Jesus came, his first coming, more or less than Peter, Andrew, those guys. What do you say? Come on. Who says, who says less? Yeah, right? Because, man, you could, we woke up from camp and we're, there's Jesus. He snores. But, you know, they were so close. So in some ways, less. All right, who votes more? Oh, all right. So some say more. And I'm going to put three reasons why maybe more, uh, and maybe I'm missing one. Let me know. Uh, number one, now after Jesus made purification for your sins on the cross, we have access to the heavenly realms. We have access to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit anytime. No matter what the condition of your heart is, if you've been purified by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, you have freedom and confidence to his presence at any time. That's wild. That's new. That's radical. The, the veil between the most holy place and us 
has been ripped open by God's sacrifice for us. More in that sense. More in the sense that now we're, the New Testament has been written, the, the teachings, the sayings, the actions of Jesus and the apostles have been written down for us and compiled so we can go to that anytime. We have this great resource, God's Word. And we can dip back in the Old Testament. They didn't have that in the first century. Man, you, they had big, big Torah scrolls that you could go to and listen from in the synagogue. But you, have, you had no Bible to carry around. That's huge. All right, so we have that resource. The other thing we have, the last thing, the big thing, is God's very presence is now in you. You've been purified by the sacrifice of Christ so that he can fill you with his spirit, his holy presence. You are his holy temple. We together are his holy temple on earth. We are the place where heaven and earth now meet on earth. It's wild. It's crazy. All right. So more in those senses. Am I missing anything? Yeah, Jane. And it's all nations. It's not just this little people that been, had been set apart for, uh, for this uh, good work, but it's blown out now to all nations. This thing, this, this holy temple of God is all over the world. God's drawing people from all different t tongues and tribes and nations in. That's awesome. Yes. So more in that sense. It's bigger. The scope is, is much more, more great. All right. Let's go back to what Peter said again from the prophet Joel. In the last days, right now, that's what we're in, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will what? Prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. All right. The disciples referred to these manifestations of the Holy Spirit as spiritual gifts. How does this work? How, does this, how do we practice this together? Well, first question, is that for us today? That Holy Spirit being poured out? Is God giving people prophecies? Is, people, is God giving people visions, words, these things? Is that happening today? Yes, yes, thankfully, yes. And we're still in this last days, okay? Now, is it for you? Yes, if you are in Jesus, if you have been born again, if you've been spiritually resurrected, if God's Spirit is in you, then yes. God's poured out His Spirit on you, and He has gifts that He wants to operate through you with. All right. Now, let's look at that in more detail. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for you. Now, we get some more detail in a letter written to a church in Corinth about 20 years after Pentecost, okay? So the Spirit of God is poured out. Um, God uses Peter to preach this message to those Jews in Jerusalem. About 3,000 turns to the Lord. And this thing keeps expanding out. We'll read this in Acts. And it gets all the way out beyond the borders of Israel up into Europe. Corinth is in Europe. It's 20 years later, this thing has just gone out. All right, so there's these believers. There's people that the Lord has called. Um, there's people who have uh, been spoken about in Peter's original message. Let's look at Acts 2.38 again. 
All right, so they see what's going on in Jerusalem. They hear this racket. They ask Peter what's going on. He gives them a message about Jesus, the resurrection, and so forth. And then they say, okay, what do we do in response? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, for the purification of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, the promise is for you, the, his original audience, and your children, future generations, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. That's broad, that's big. Okay, and that takes us to the Corinthian church. So 20 years later, God has called these people, these Gentile, these pagans, to, into the kingdom of God, to repent, to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they have said yes. So, but it's a little crazy in, in the Corinthian church. They are definitely filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on them, and the, the gifts of the Spirit are super active. They, if you went to a church gathering there, before Paul brought some correction, but it was very self-centered, and it was a bit chaotic. It was disorderly. So Paul gives them some correction, all right? And so we're going to learn from this correction some guidelines for us so that God can activate and work through the gifts of the Spirit, but with some guidelines, all right? So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, here we go. First written, originally written to the Corinthian church, applies to us today. Now, to each one, to each one of us, to each one of you who are in Christ, the manifestation, the, manifest, the display, the outworking of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is given, given by God for, here's the purpose, for the common good, for our common good, for the common good of the body of Christ, us, his church. Verse 8, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Holy Spirit, to another faith, like the strong confidence in God and his word, by the same Holy Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, that's a pretty broad category, to another prophet message from God, prophecy, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and languages, and still to another the interpretation of those tongues, those languages. All of these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He, the Holy Spirit, distributes them to each one as He determines. He's, he's doing this. This is all about the Holy Spirit, what he's doing, wants to, wants to do in each one of his members of the body. All right? Woo, look at this. I'm going to just be a pile of stuff here pretty soon. All right, now do you decide which gifts you get? Who decides? Holy Spirit, yes. Do you determine how, when, or where those manifestations of the Holy Spirit happen? Do you decide? No, he does, right? It's a collaboration between the Holy Spirit working these things in and through each of us as we are dependent and obedient to the Holy Spirit. Next question. 
What is God's purpose for these manifestations of God's spirit? We heard it. I just wanted to catch it again. What's his purpose? What's his goal? Why does he do it? For the common good, yeah, and elsewhere, 1426, so that the church may be built up. He hits that again. <clears throat> Hairball. <laughs> Tree ball. All right. Number one, fill in. Big idea. There's five, so hang in there. God gives spiritual gifts to us as he chooses to build up his people through us through us. Isn't that an amazing way for God to do this? God could just zap us into shape by his power directly, but instead he, he works these manifestations of the Holy Spirit, these gifts of the Holy Spirit in each one of us differently, and that's how he decides to do it, through these flawed vehicles, right? We flawed people, so, number one, we're not going to do this perfectly, right? Jesus did, but we're, he's not, the Holy Spirit's not going to be able to work through us perfectly. It's going to take some patience and some endurance um, and some grace for each other, right? I mean, you guys put up with me giving a word of instruction most Sundays, right? I don't do it perfectly, you know, hopefully I'm getting better as time goes. I'm developing this gift. But each of us, that's, it's not just for one or a few of us. It's for each one of us. Each of you has been given a gift that God wants to work through you. And he may change that up on you. You know, he may work a certain gift through you at a certain time and then may switch it up. Because he decides. You don't get to, get to decide. You don't just say, well, I'm going to opt in for this. He does it. And not all of us have all the gifts. Why? I keep talking while I drink, right? You got it, right? It's brilliant. You know, we need each other. He creates it so that we have this interdependency. It stitches us together. Wes, have, Wes has gifts that I don't do. Have. Jim has gifts that I don't have. Gary has gifts that I don't have. Paulina has gifts that I don't have. Judy has gifts that I don't have. We need each other. But this thing only works when we're all allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us, right? Otherwise, we're kind of like an engine that's just kind of running on a few cylinders. God wants all of us in. It's like pickup soccer after church today. We're still playing. You know, everybody gets to play. All skill levels. We're going to be patient with the ones who, you know, try to pick up the ball with their hands. You know, it's going to be fun because we're all playing. That's the way God has organized it. All right. Now, again, at Corinth, this thing's gotten a little bit out of hand. People are really eager for these things. Everybody's in but it's a bit chaotic and disorderly. So Paul gives them some guidelines. So we got to have these guidelines about how to use these gifts together. All right, 1 Corinthians 13. He starts there. Now listen to what he's saying here. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, all right, so I got this gift of speaking in tongues, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong, boom, or a clanging cymbal, you know, this annoying clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, 
And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. What's really important, God is saying, when you exercise these gifts? Love. It's not about you. It's not a show for you. It's about others. That's what love is. Love is other-oriented for the good of the other, to build up the other. And we've, some of us have been in churches where that gets whacked out of whack, right? It just, people think it's about them, and it's, that's not how it works. All right, here's the next fill, number two, guidelines. Use them, use these gifts, when God works this stuff in you, in a loving way for the good of others and not to puff up yourself. All right, other-oriented. That's a problem that Paul is addressing in the church in Corinth, all right? They were, they were selfish, they were boastful, it was disorderly, okay? Now, some more guidance for us about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this time we're going to focus in on speaking in tongues, which, if you were here last Sunday, you heard. You heard a few of us speaking in tongues. And um, I should have done this message before we did that, but, you know, it's not always as tidy and as sequential as we'd like, but here we are. We're going to give some more guidance about uh, specifically speaking in tongues. All right, 1 Corinthians 14. Paul says, Fall the way of love in these exercises of these gifts, and eagerly, listen, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So don't be like hands off about it. Oh, you know, that'd be nice maybe if God gives that to me. No, eagerly desire them. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. And him, he highly prophecy. All right, we'll look at what that means in a minute. Uh, but let's get this fill in. Number three, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Well, how do we do that? What do we do with that eager desire? We ask him, we ask, we seek, we knock, we ask the Father who is happy to give us the Holy Spirit. All right? Okay, especially prophecy. Prophecy, again, is this broad term referring to a God-given message stirred up by the Holy Spirit. It can be in the form of a word, of an image. There's many examples throughout the Bible. Sometimes the message content is corrective. Sometimes it's a warning. Sometimes it's an encouragement. Sometimes it's a teaching. Sometimes it's a disclosure from God about future events. Sometimes it's a word that reveals something in someone else's heart, in their life. It's what God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit wants to disclose, wants us to hear, and he delivers the message through different people in his body. All right? Let's read that again. Verse 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Because most people can't understand it, right? Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. So it's a Spirit-given thing. But the one who prophecies speaks to other people for their strengthening. It comes out in language that everybody can understand. It's encouraging and for comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. It does do that. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Right? So speaking in tongues, let's capture this. Let's capture this. Fill in number four. 
Prophecy and speaking in tongues with interpretation do what? They build up the church. Okay, that's how God builds up the church. That's one way. There's, there's many ways. We're going to look at another place here. Verse 26. When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that church may be built up. So as we do this together, and here's, this is a growth area for OTC. This is a growth area for us. All right? Uh, how do we get more people involved? How do we allow space for the Holy Spirit to manifest these gifts and for us to learn how to share them together? To do that, number one, we need to, for, we need to not fall into one, one error over here, which is to quench the Spirit. We're so kind of nervous about what's going to happen that we quench the Spirit. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. So we don't want to be so controlling, so fearful that we just shut it all down. All right? And we don't want to go the other way and just let it all go wild. All right? We need to test and hold on to what is good. So how do we do this? Here's the summary line, 1 Corinthians, skipping ahead to verse 39, 1 Corinthians 14, 39. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and do not forget, forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Those are the big parameters for us, right? Don't quench it, don't go crazy. Somewhere in between. So this is, this is, my, this is our opportunity. This is what I want to do, especially in this series in Acts, because you, we'll just see the gifts of the Spirit are active. I want to invite us into this more. I, for some of you, that's going to be a stretch. This sounds risky, dangerous. Maybe you've had bad experiences in other churches. We're going to try to do this well. Um, so I, I want to invite people to, if you sense God's giving you a word, a prophesy, a tongue, an interpretation of tongues, I want to invite you up during this last prayer time to share that. All right? And let's do this. People who do come up, um, some of it's going to be scary. It's, it's scary to do this. I think especially for us because this is new for a lot of us. All right. Now, other of you, others of you come from a, from a more Pentecostal, more charismatic, more, where more of this is happening. And you're like, yay, finally. But we need to, we need to take it slow. We want to do this well. All right. So let's learn together. Let's give each other grace. Let's give each other space to do this. And again, you know, it all depends on the Holy Spirit, if he decides to do something or not. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to uh, invite the band up. Um, and uh, maybe just you, Wes. Maybe you could just play something in the background. That would be great. I'm going to pray. And if I've asked, just to start this off with a smaller circle, I really want every member of the body to be able to get to do this, but I want to, you know, we're going to start small. So I asked a few people, hey, if God gives you something, these are people that I know have received words or messages from the Spirit um, that have the gift of tongues or the gift of interpretation. I, I've invited them to share if the Lord gives them something. We'll see what happens here. I don't know. All right? Deal? We good? All right, why don't you stand? Let's stand together.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this invitation for more, Lord God. Thank you. We are asking, seeking, knocking for more of your spirit, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come in this place. Come in your body. Speak to your children. We invite you, we ask you to release the gifts of the Holy Spirit among us. More of you, Lord. Reveal, give us revelations, give us words of wisdom, give us prophecies, Lord. Father God, we ask you to teach us how to do this well, Lord. We ask that you give us the freedom, and the confidence to share what you give us. And Lord, we ask that you help just develop these gifts in us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Bless us with your treasures, the treasures of heaven. And just so you know, sometimes the gift of, this, of speaking in tongues comes alternates with the gift of interpretation. So that's what you hear me doing at last week and, and now. God releases me to speak in tongues, but he also gives me a word that attaches to that. Praise you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. If you're somebody that um, I, I mentioned, I, I talked to earlier today, you have a word to share, I invite you to come on up now, just speak into the mic. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. The Lord has given me a vision for motherhood. So I'm sorry if I cry. Praise you, Lord. The Lord has just really put on my heart to train my kids up that it's a battle. And I feel like the Lord is calling me to equip my kids to know what their battle gear is, to put it on bravely. And the Lord has just given me a vision that until they are able to stand next to me with their battle gear on, confident to stand firm, my job as their mom is to hold up my shield of faith and protect my kids. Amen to that, Lord God. You are our shield. You are our very great reward. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Equip and strengthen your body here. Thank you for the pieces of the armor that you have provided for us, Lord God. Help us stand in that for ourselves, but for those we love, our families, our loved ones, Lord God, this church body, Lord God, each other, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So Pastor Wayne asked us before, uh, before the service to come and speak here. So to ask the Lord for a word, and I got quite a few, certainly. Uh, and it's been acknowledged three times. 
So the word I have is an encouraging, encouraging word. Uh, God gives us gifts. He calls us to walk into them. And when we obey, it's we're like, like a duck walking or, or swimming when we walk into the gifts. When we don't walk into the gifts, we look like ducks walking, which is funny. Uh, the other word he gave me is persevere. Doing his will requires sacrifice. And even if sometimes we go through wildernesses. <coughs> but, 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 be encouraged as he provides. And the verse he gave me is we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we can do it through him. Amen. And that, that's consistent with God's written word. These words that are being spoken, they, they are consistent with God's written word. Thank you. Thank you, Stefan. So when, I, when you, we were praying, I remember coming here during the week to pray for our time together. I come here once in a while and just pray for God to move. And I had this picture, this was about three weeks ago, of God kind of just showering something on us. Now, it wasn't these things. But you know what these are? They're seeds. The God sows his seeds. He's spreading his seeds. He wants us to grow. He, he is, he's, that's how the kingdom of God works. It expands, it grows, it spreads. Come Holy Spirit, we thank you Lord. We thank you for your word. Lord, continue to release your messages, your gifts, pictures, Lord. Father, may your kingdom come, may your will be done more and more in our hearts and lives as it is in heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And during this last song, if, if you just want to get some prayer, uh, just invite you, encourage you. We're going to uh, move the prayer team into the gazebo. Um, just give you a little more privacy up there. But uh, I just encourage you, if you feel like, I just need more, I want more, uh, I encourage you to go get prayer during this last song. <laughs>